One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And welcome to another edition of the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris here. I'm so excited for today's show. This is a show that's been a long time in the making. We're going to jump right into it. Our normal announcements, right, speaking engagements that are coming up. Of course, Monday, I'm going to be at PMI Birmingham uh, here in Alabama. Uh, and then, of course, I, I believe it's uh, Thursday is going to be the um, the virtual summit for uh, CA Agile uh, Management. So we're going to be speaking at that. We'll be doing the struggle between Agile and project management. So you can always visit us at rickamorris.com to find out about those events. But I've got a very special guest with us in the house. And we want to jump right into it. So this gentleman is an award-winning international speaker, renowned project leadership expert, and best-selling author who works with organizations around the world to help them build capability that's fit for the future of work. He's able to draw on more than 20 years of public and private sector project leadership, which is incredible because he's only 22 years old. But he's been doing this in the UK, New Zealand, Australia, and he, he peppers his presentations with anecdotes, statistics, practical insights, and tons of humor to ensure that audiences are engaged and laughing. And I know that firsthand because I got the opportunity to share a stage with him recently, and he is phenomenal. He gets people talking through his emphasis on people being the best version of themselves and creating teams that they can be proud of. So let's get him right now on the show, The Work-Life Balance. Let's welcome Colin Ellis. How you doing, Colin? I'm really good, thanks, Rick. Well, that, I wish my kids had been here for that introduction. They'd have been like, really? That guy? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and do you find that right? So I, I've got two kids too, and, and I go downstairs and I'm just dad, right? So it, they're like, there's no way that he does that stuff. Well, that's right. I, you know, I've done a, like yourself, Rick, done a few YouTube things. And my daughter's super proud, you know, and she'll watch these things. My daughter's read the book. She makes notes. She's 10, right? Whereas my son is a bit like, well, you're still rubbish at Call of Duty World War II. I can still <laughs> Uh, I'm like, okay, cheers, thanks. <laughs> yeah, my daughter's 17 now. Um, and so uh, early on, uh, she used to brag that she had more social media followers than I did. <laughs> that was our big thing. She had like 13,000 followers. Oh, no, she did it. I was like, what? you need to share some of that strategy with me, right? I'd like, Damn right, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to get into uh, today's interview, but let's just, again, introduce yourself to the audience. Just talk a little bit about your experience in, in how you got into doing what you're doing. Well, I think, you know, most of us, Rick, fall into project management by accident. I think there's a statistic out there from the Project Management Institute. I think 70% of the profession falls into project management by accident. I was working in telesales for a newspaper company in Liverpool. Liverpool's my home in the UK way back when. And, uh, yeah, I fell into it by accident for, for year 2000. What a gravy train year 2000 was for <laughs> We had, we had entertainment budgets. They're long since <laughs> gone. I remember one project in, in Northern Ireland. Uh, we had an entertainment budget of some like £40,000. We spent it six weeks before we actually went live. Those were the days. Um, so, yeah, I really cut my teeth in, uh, in project management in the UK, um, which, was, which was home. I emigrated to New Zealand in 2007. And, and headed up large government project departments. And I think, at the, you know, at the time, there was this real emphasis on the need for more discipline, more structure, and they thought that was all about process and, and methods. And, of course, while that's important, that's where you, not, you don't get discipline uh, from method, you get discipline from people. So, you know, the approach that I brought to New Zealand from the UK at the time was quite different. And so, I, you know, I, I got a good reputation as someone who knew how to do the right things in projects in the six years that I spent in New Zealand. And I, you know, I worked for, I think, six government departments, headed up projects, uh, project departments there. And then I migrated to Australia in 2013 and headed up a government department here in the project department. And again, a real emphasis on, on leadership and culture. And then, you know what, Rick, I, I went to a project management conference in, in 2014, was completely underwhelmed by the presenters. You know, no disrespect, no disrespect. As soon as someone says no disrespect, you know <laughs> you're about to disrespect them, right? 
no disrespect to the speakers, but they were all rubbish. Um, but I just didn't feel inspired and motivated. And I think you and I talked about this when we met last year. Is you know, I wanted to be someone who who could do that to the profession because we we just don't have a very good track record. And so I, th I felt there was a real need for honesty. I felt there was a real need for someone to share practically what they do well rather than talking about the things that, that have broken and that don't work. And so I decided to go and work for myself at a time when I knew, didn't know a single person in Australia. So that went well. Uh, <laughs> nine months. Ended up taking a contract here with a big telecommunications uh, company, but then got some traction probably about, I would say, two years ago. And now I speak and I train for a living and the things that I talk about generally are, you know, how to be the best version of yourself. And then this, this concept of team building, I think, we, you know, we make an assumption that every project manager knows how to build a great team that everybody wants to join. And it's not, that's not true. And so I, you know, I help, literally help organizations transform their project delivery cultures, um, which has taken me to lots of great places around the world. And, and I love every single minute of it, uh, Rick. Yeah, and so there's really two phrases that I've been playing with, and, and this leads into the next question of why we think project management has been so slow to change. And I've been kind of zeroing in on success seekers versus failure avoiders. Right? I think the, the, the profession itself has been trained to avoid failure and not be very innovative or you know, quick to change um, mm -hmm. versus really being out there and seeking success and trying to find all the ways that we can be successful. What do you think? I, I agree, you know, and, you know, there are lots of quotes from books to say, you know, failure is the best, you know, lesson and all this kind of stuff. Actually, for me, it's the successes are the best lessons, you know, and, you know, I've always been the kind of person that went looking for um, other people who've done the things that we've done and asked them what made them successful and copied that rather than the opposite to say, well, listen, what went wrong? We need to avoid that. And I think our profession for too long, Rick, has, has, has tried to attain certainty, too, like too much certainty, which doesn't mirror either human beings or the way the world works. You know, I think what we're seeing now with this push to agile is people are like, oh, we need, you know, we, we, we need more flexibility. We need less certainty. But in reality, most organizations still want the certainty and the flexibility. Um, and so for me, you're right. I, I think, you know, the more we should be looking to learn from the successes of others uh, whilst being mindful of the failures too. And one of my favorite quotes John Maxwell has been saying lately is that the older he gets, the less certain or the less amount of certainties he has, but the certainties that he does have, he's more certain than ever before. And I love that, that thought pattern, right? Because, you know, when you're younger, you think you know everything, right? But as you get older, the things that you, you're certain that you know are fewer and far between, but the ones that you do know right? Those are absolute certainties. And, and I'm starting to see that in project management because what I see is in, in failure, we tend to create another form and add bureaucracy yeah. onto it, right? Every time we fail, it's another process. Let's throw another stage gate in there, that kind of stuff. And it's just like, it, it was a dumb failure. It's not a big deal. But I think it comes back to that certainty. And somewhere, our job title became prognosticator. Like we have to guarantee a date and a budget. I don't know. Do, have you ever seen that in your job description? And, and talk about that. You know, the funny thing with that as well, Rick, is there's, you know, there's so many statistics out there that will tell you that, you know, kind of less than a third of, you know, projects come in on time and budget. And yet there's this still, uh, this stretch that we put ourselves in to get to that, that certainty. You know, I, some of the best projects I've ever been involved in, even, you know, until recently when I left my permanent jobs, were, were, were waterfall projects where we planned it really well up front, but we knew there was about 25% or 15 to 25% uncertainty in there. And I think there's so many people who are desperate, desperate to get that certainty so they can you know, confirm when and how much without realizing that those are the, the nature of projects is those are the very things that change. Um, you know, we have a big telecommunications project over here that's been running, I don't know, feels like for about 20 years, about five years. And, and you know, it, it, of course it's gone over time and of course it's gone over budget because the nature of telecommunications has changed just in five years. We're talking about 5G connections now on our phones. Well, that could render most broadband connections useless. Um, but that didn't get factored in at the start. And I love the prognosticator. And I also love, you know, one of my particular favorite forms is the lessons learned report at the end. <laughs> 
by which stage? By which stage? You've already failed about another <laughs> ten times in that time. It's ridiculous. And nobody ever learns. And what do you do with the lessons learned? Well, we put them on SharePoint. Yeah, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> nobody ever reads them. Nobody we, ever we does anything ever, with them. Yeah, no one ever reads it ever. <laughs> It's yep. But we can check the box that we did it, right? Let's let's fill out the, the other form that we did the lessons learned form, right? It's yeah. So that we can check the Yeah. Form. And I worked with an organization recently, and, you know, those that are serious about transforming the cultures, I always say, okay, well, look, give me everything that you've learned so far. And it's always a spreadsheet. Like, it's always a spreadsheet. I'm like, who's who's looked at this? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, it's been on our PMO intranet site for, I don't know, like a million years. Is that <laughs> So that was from the old. <laughs> Last updated 2009. Good That's job. Right. Yeah, well done. Well, we're going to take our first break here because we got tons to talk about. We're we're sitting here talking to Colin Ellis. He's a great friend from from now Australia, but my UK brother. And we'll be right back on the work life balance with Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. In today's hyper-fast, super-competitive business world, on time is now too late. On budget is now too expensive. And today's innovation is tomorrow's antique, which means app releases that used to happen regularly now need to happen continuously, while always delivering experiences that keep your customers coming back for more. In other words, you need to be agile. And there's no better way to get there than with agile management from CA Technologies a complete set of solutions and services that make agility a reality. So you can anticipate and rapidly respond to change and immediately incorporate customer feedback, build a flexible bridge between ideas and execution, and transform app delivery from an endpoint into an always-on part of your development lifecycle while ensuring an exceptional service experience. So be the one who wins. App after app, day after day, with Agile Management. From CA. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back on this Friday afternoon to the Work-Life Balance. We're visiting with Colin Ellis. Colin's written a a couple of books. One uh, is Project Rots from the Head, which I've read. It's fantastic and then the conscious project leader as a matter of fact there's a there's a video Colin just so you know that I've read it uh the about Rick A. Morris video on my my front page my home page as it's like scrolling through the books you can see uh your books and like Maxwell books and that kind of stuff but it's right there so you get some free advertising from us there as well (laughs) hey look right it's all timing it's all timing product placement it's it's like the you know, you paid for product placement, just like uh, the Back to the Future movies. But uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, coming back to the show with Colin. So Colin, you know, obviously the biggest buzzword out there right now is agile. And mm-hmm. so, 
you know, as we've been having project issues and project management issues, the problem's just the methodology, right? So if we just switch the methodology to agile, then everything's going to go away. It's just awesome, right? Isn't that going to yeah. fix everything? Oh, totally. Totally going to fix everything. Everyone should just go agile. If you just go agile on Monday, then everything's sorted. I mean, you could probably just end this podcast right here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's one of those things. Deloitte, Deloitte every year produces a human capital trends report, um, Rick, and 90, 94% of the organizations that they interviewed said that agility and collaboration are critical, critical uh, to their organization's success in 2018. So it really has become this buzzword and, and everybody is jumping on everybody else's bandwagon. So I feel like it's the Six Sigma craze, right? Mm. Remember Six Sigma came out yeah. and everybody's like, wow. So, and I equate it to the same thing as, as the master black belt, right? Because there was mm -hmm. a, a big study that came out that said for every master black belt you have, you could save up to $2 million in process recovery, but but people would go hire them like they would show up with a $2 million check. It's like, we don't have to change anything. As long as we hire that person, then we're gonna get the savings. Yeah, absolutely right. And it's exactly the same kind of thing. There was a report done in the UK last year, 300 CIOs were interviewed and they said, oh, Agile's becoming an institution in its own right. Well, of course it is. Of course it is because you're asking for it. And as soon as you ask for it, someone's going to sell it to you. Um, but what most of them don't realize is that this move to a more flexible way of delivering is a massive cultural shift. And unless, you know, the people have got the right soft, well, soft skills, the hardest things to change, then it's never going to work. Those same CIOs, said only 6% of them said that Agile worked in their organization. Well, yeah because you did nothing to prepare the culture for it. You just jumped on the Six Sigma, you just jumped on the Agile bandwagon, sent everyone on a scrum course and expected it to work. It was never going to. And so I, I did a whole show on euphemisms uh, <laughs> between Agile and project management. So, you know, the agilists will come in and they'll say, hey, we've got this great thing called big room planning. It's like, yeah, we have work breakdown structure meetings. Just nobody would show up. And they're like, hey, we, we got these retrospectives. You know, yeah, we've got lessons learned. Just nobody reads them. It, right? It's the same thing. You can't change the words and expect the methodology. But there are a lot of benefits to agile, right? Once you, once you see it sinking in and once you see the organizational change supporting it, I think there's tremendous benefit in a hybrid approach to certain agile methodologies. But it's not an end-all, be-all fix. And you can't, you know, I've certainly had an Agilist tell me we don't need project management anymore because we're Agile. Yeah, all the methods work, Ricky. You know, I want to make that absolutely clear. I didn't, someone said to me once, oh, are you just down on methods? I was like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I was like, I'm down on them as a quick fix um, is what I'm down on. But, but they all work. They all work. You know, and if you look at the original Agile manifesto, when it was written in 2001, um, it was kind of a rage against this move towards uh, project managers telling people what to do. You know, the, the, the first of the values is uh, individuals and interactions over processes and tools. Well, that's still true today, as it was in, in 98 when I was project managing, right? It's this, it really, really is, is actually if you get a group of people in a room working together, it's still going to be more effective than saying, follow that process and you'll be successful. Um, and so everything that they wrote about back in 2001 it is still relevant today. Um, but you're right, all, all people have done is just put a, a, another name on something because we were doing stand-ups you know, way back when, way back when. But I think it comes back to what you had said, and, and you said it quickly, and I don't want to gloss over the importance mm -hmm. of it, which is the soft skills. And, and if we look at you know, Project Rats from the Head, and, and we talk about that in the flow down, you know, first you get... The, the issue, if we pick way too many projects, we don't have enough project managers. So then we just are picking project managers. You know, anybody can run a project, right? Because that's right. what they think. It's the, the skill set. So we lump all those statistics in. Then we don't have them following a methodology. So it becomes that, that big thing. So then we have this project planning where everybody says, well, I need a task for everything and I'm going to make you track it. And then we turn around and say, but you're command and control. Right, because we need reporting and percent complete and all these other, and all these mandates. So I always ask the question, right, is, is this craze of agile a failure of the profession or a failure of the profession having the soft skills necessary to push back and to change the culture? Well, I think it's a great point that you make, Rick, because I think what, what's happened is the people who sell project management to the world uh, have created an army of people 
who are wedded to a particular way of thinking and a particular way of working. If you look at all of the textbooks, you know, in the UK and here in Australia and New Zealand, it's very much Prince 2. Prince 2 is a 452 or whatever it is page tome that says nothing about the interpersonal skills you need to be successful. Nothing. Now, Prince 2 works, right? Uh, but it only works, like a fool with a tool is still a fool, right? It's, it's all, it works in the hands with someone who's emotionally mature. You know, and I always say, and, and you'll agree with this, is project management's a, a relationship and communication business. They're the two things you need to be really, really good at. You need to be really, really good at. You know, I have a, a little thing that I do with project managers, and I always say, oh, tell me what kind of project manager you are. And they'll say, oh, I'm a scrum master. Or I'm a Prince Two project manager. I'm like, oh my god, no, yeah. no. What you know? What are you? Are you a social project manager? Are you an action? Pro- are you like someone who likes to get things done? Are you a people project manager? But we've come become used to talking about ourselves um, in terms of methods. And the other thing for me, Rick, as well, is when we talk about technical skills for project managers, you know, we talk about things like SharePoint. Oh, I'm a SharePoint project manager, you know, and I talk to HR managers at conference and say, listen, the way you hire people is wrong. Project manager required must have SharePoint experience. Well, that's a SharePoint SME. That's not project manager. It should be project manager required, must be a role model for others, must be able to create relationships and maintain them, must be good at managing poor performers, must be great at, you know, navigating risk. These are all technical skills that we need. And there's a real lack of emphasis on these. Project project server experience required. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's right. <laughs> and what? But I think you you got into it because the aha moment for me was around 2002 when I discovered disk profiles. And so I went out and really got certified, really understood that. And you've actually taken that and, and rebranded that in 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 your speed, right? But essentially, that's what you're talking about when you're talking about people and action and and that kind of stuff. You you've essentially developed your own style of disk profiling for the project management world. Is that correct? Yeah, that's absolutely right. I think there's a lot of stuff out there from a personality perspective. And, you know, and I've done all of the profiles, done DISC, I've done Myers-Briggs, you know, TMS, all of these things, but none of them ever put uh, the information in a language that I could understand, interpret, and talk to others about, or as individuals, we could share it. And so what, yeah, I've done exactly that. I've done exactly that. I've tailored it to the project management world so that we can understand what kind of project manager we all are. And we're all predominantly one of these things. Now, we're, you know, we're human beings. We're complex. So no one can ever put us in a box, right? Um, but I think it's an important conversation to have when we look, you know, when I challenge people to sort of say, okay, well, what do you need to work on? What's the thing that you need to work on? Because there's a certain arrogance in our in the project management world, Rick, where people go, they get the badges, and they're like, right, cool, I'm done. I'm like, well, no, you know, emotional intelligence is the most important skill you need to master as a project manager. And that never stops evolving, which means you're never the finished article. You know, there's lots of talk about our oh, millennials coming into the workplace. Well, different generations have come into the workplace all of the time. And it's up to us as human beings to develop the new communication skills to be able to motivate and inspire a new generation of people to do the work that makes our organization successful. The baby boomers didn't know what to do with Generation X. <laughs> we were the we were the weird ones to them. We were the lazy, unmotivated, whatever. And all of a sudden, now we're looking at the it's the exact same thing. But at the end of the day, it's all about learning how to communicate outwardly. And what I've always loved about Disc, or what I loved about yours, and I watched you do it from stage. You do a brilliant job, and I, and and I think it is right. I I have done a deep dive. I'm certified in Disc, and and I teach Disc. But I think it is very technical. And so, again, when you're sitting there in an audience, when you're sitting there going, you're a dominant or you're a do- right? I, I love your style with ease that you do that with. So I, I highly recommend it. Um, but the conversation is the most important, that, that this is what I gravitate towards. This is what I have to remember, that there's three other types in the room, right? There's the one that I like, but there's three other types in the room that I've got to inspire and motivate. And when project managers get that, that's when they grow. Yeah, that's right, Rick. You know, so in my permanent jobs, when I was interviewing project managers, program managers, PMO managers for jobs, you know, one of the questions I always used to ask is, okay, you know, because everyone puts great communicator at all levels. I love that on the CV. Like, <laughs> 
Right. And, and then the, the answer is, oh, you know, I can have a conversation with the CEO and the cleaner. I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. So what happens if they're different personalities? And so I used to ask a question as like, you've got four personalities in the room, uh, you know, tailor a message to four personalities, you know, and the people that were able to do it or, or, or understood the question uh, generally got the job. Now, the, I can't overemphasize this enough. This is the most important skill that project managers need. Because our job is to motivate and inspire a group of people to build products that give the customers what they need, right? We've got to motivate and inspire a group of people. If you're not able to deliver a message in a way that someone wants to hear, not the way that you want to say, forget it. Forget it. But I think it, one of the other quotes that comes to mind too is that everybody loves change except for project managers. <laughs> so for them to actually get that, they have to recognize that they themselves have to grow and learn. And I would say it's been six years now that I've been on my personal growth journey. Mm. It, but up until then, right? Cause again, I'm only 17. So it's incredible. Just like you're 22, but no, but the, the times that I was a project manager from 20 to age 35, I don't think I was as successful as I could have been Yeah, because I, I fit into that category that I, I didn't really need to learn. And, and in the last 10 years of my project management career, I've grown exponentially understanding that I'm imperfect and I, I don't know anything. I, I almost feel like I have to throw everything out and relearn every day, but that's, that's a better way to be. Absolutely. You know, Barry, wrote, Barry O'Reilly wrote for the, uh, for the PMI in 2017, and he said that we need to unlearn the skills that hold us back. And I think the key to being a good project manager is self-awareness is understanding what you're good at and then imparting that knowledge onto other people. But then also looking at the things that you don't necessarily do well. And of course, the way to find out is to ask the question um, and then to unlearn those skills uh, to keep us relevant. Uh, because I think lots of people have this assumption that they get to a certain level in the organization and that's it, I stop growing. You know, next job for me, CEO. Well, geez, CEO, that's something else again with regards to communication. I see lots of uninspirational CEOs who will say, oh, well, that's who I am. It's like, well, no, you got to learn just like everybody else. Um, you got to learn some new skills and you got to unlearn some other skills too. Yeah, I think, the, I think in the executive land, it becomes the most dangerous when they stop learning. They think that they've arrived. I think, I think at any point in any career, whether you're you know, McDonald's or, or whether you're, you're the CEO of a Fortune 10 company, if you think you've arrived, I think that's when you've stopped. Yeah. Quite and Herb Kelleher, Herb Kelleher, Southwest Airlines, talks about that all the time, given the age he is. He's like, there's never a day I don't learn something. And I love that. I love that. It's true. Yeah. 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 Maxwell's the same. So yeah. we're going to take a break right here. We'll be right back with Colin Ellis. You're listening to the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end -end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Winning in the application economy means executing a business strategy that gets the hottest products and apps out the door and into market faster than ever before. But what happens when hot is suddenly not? Can you instantly pivot and prioritize your plans and investment portfolio to react to the new reality and make sure your strategy is right on target? You will with CA Project and Portfolio Management, the proven solution that enables agile, effective decision-making across your entire investment portfolio. Unlike other tools, CAPPM is designed to work the way you do. Doers are empowered, planners are enabled, helpers are elevated, and customers are engaged. All while you maximize performance and portfolio value. It's little wonder that CAPPM is the industry leader, with more than 2 million happy users worldwide. Not to mention world-class consulting and implementation partners. So why not give CA Project and Portfolio Management a closer look and make everything you've got put you out in front? 
Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back to the Work-Life Balance this Friday afternoon, and we've been visiting with Colin Ellis, and, and you can see all about him. It's colindellis.com, right? Is that, is that where we find it? It is colindellis.com, yeah. Colin, it's like Rick A. Morris, right? we got to throw our middle initial in there just to throw everybody off. Mine is, though, because if you you got to Google it later just for fun. Everybody who's listened to me for a long time, you got to do this, too. If you Google image search Rick A. Morris, there, you'll see a lot of pictures of me and then some dude who killed somebody, some guy in an inmate costume. My, <laughs> my daughter just showed me that. I was really, really pleased to see it. Um, but anyway, coming back. Um, so with the advent of Agile in, in project management, everything else, you know, um, I went through an agile certification recently and it was so funny because when it was, when it was, um, I was going through it, it was agile is like all butterfly communal living. Everybody hugs each other. It's wonderful. And project management is like Godzilla's just wrecking the town and it's just death and destruction and, and blood everywhere. Um, and so where do we think the future of project management is really going? I, well, for me, I think organizational agility, you know, as a world, we've moved on, Rick, and I think most organizations are looking for better, smarter, faster ways to do things, although they should have always been doing that. But I think the command and control structures that we had of the past, they do have to change. And I think finding better ways, especially to deliver projects, is key because projects are still the best way to grow the business. But I think some organizations have got some hard decisions to make in order to reach that. And, and, you know, key to that is having emotionally mature staff. And so EQ, emotional intelligence for too long has been a kind of nice to have. We've called it soft skills to get around the fact that we never really invest in it. And I think that, you know, EQ programs are a must. They're a must and they're a must in project management as well. You know, I've got an online course. There are a few, few others out there. Um, and they are the key to transforming your organization to become more agile is to make sure you've got emotionally mature people. But not only that, that you performance out some of their performance manage out some of the behaviors that don't fit the new organization. You know, Dutch bank ING um, made the transition to agile a few years back. They spent nine months just on EQ training, like nine months just on that. And then they disestablished people and, you know, kind of only kept, uh, the people with the right behaviors. And at the time, Bart Schlappmann, who's the COO, said, you know, we lost a lot of people with the right knowledge, but the wrong behaviors. That's interesting. And so what do you think, we got a question from the audience here as well. What do you think though, you know, the, the Amazon, Google, Facebook effect to project management as well, right? Everything is faster, 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 now, 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 now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're shortchanging a lot of, of project delivery. What do, you, what do you think that kind of effect has had on it? Well, we shouldn't really be shortchanging it. You know, my, my, my personal view is that, you know, the future is in teams. Um, I, I think we should be looking to empower everybody in the team. The project manager of the future, I mean, and it's the project manager of now of those forward-thinking organizations like Netflix, Spotify, Atlassian, those kind of software companies, is the power is really in teams. Project managers should become the coach. 
Um, now we've, we've kind of got that a little bit with agile coaches, but we've still made it about the method. They're still coaching on the method rather than soft skills, rather than showing them how to run a workshop, design thinking, you know, building social contracts. That should be the future of delivery. And I think because projects are still the best way to grow a business, there still has to be a discipline. Jim Highsmith, who of course was one of the original signatories of the, um, Agile Manifesto, and he wrote the book Agile Project Management. You know, he said that then there still needs to be discipline in projects, even in Agile, even in Agile. Um, and so I, you know, I think it's important that the project manager of the future sees themselves as a kind of coach, mentor, but with that real emphasis on making sure that there's a strong bond between the team, there's a strong social contract, um, that we embrace diversity. But also we've got this concept to scale up, scale down quickly, scale up, scale down. And this is the big cultural shift, Rick, right? Because organizations have to move quickly to make decisions. Like senior managers think agile is a shortcut when it demands more of their time, not less. You know, so that's, that's a crucial cultural change they need to make. Well, and they've got to trust their teams more. So that's something yeah. that we talk about quite a bit, right? So if you if you are having project delivery problems right now and you don't trust your resources, going agile is actually going to exacerbate that issue because you've got to allow the team to make decisions and move forward without, you know, that. The other thing I think is interesting, What one thing I really like agile for, though, is the reverse of the funnel, right? Because mm -hmm. right now, most most organizations are picking projects based on what they can spend and not what their resources can reasonably achieve. And, right. and right in agile is kind of forcing them to say, well, you only have this much, this is what you can do. What's the best that you can put into that funnel. And I think that that requires a huge EQ on the executive side. Huge, like huge EQ, Rick, huge. You know, I, I, I um, went to meet with an organization in uh, Hong Kong not so long ago and they wanted to transform the delivery culture and they'd heard about the great work and that was great. And, and the guy said to me, he's like, oh, we want to be like Spotify. I was like, okay, cool, great, Spotify, they're a good model, I like that. Um, are you prepared to do away with budget management and go to quarterly business reviews? He's like, what? I was like, well, it means empowering the team, you give them a pot of money and empower them to deliver what they believe is gonna give you the best business value because they're the experts in that particular domain. Oh no, we don't really need that anyway. Long story short, what he basically <laughs> wanted was more disciplined waterfall approach. Um, and I said, listen, the way to deliver anything efficiently is through high EQ people. But if you want to move to a more agile model, um, you need to get your people and your culture ready for it. And not only that, you need to change the way that you think and run your business. Um, and that's that you know that's key to making sure that you achieve this organizational agility that you strive for. Yeah, so you can contrast that with like, I, I got a call from a client this week that their resource managers aren't in the PPM system and putting in allocations. So therefore they can't see what their resources are doing, can't make decisions. So to combat that, what they want to do is enforce resource requisitioning, which is about 10 to 12 clicks more per resource, mm. right? So what we're going to do is punish the people that are actually using the system and make them hate the system even more. Yeah. And the people aren't, in the system, so they're not even gonna notice the change. So instead of dealing with the organizational behavior, what we're gonna do is enhance the tool to make it worse, and then blame the tool when it doesn't work. Right, Absolutely I mean, that, right. and that's unfortunately 95% of the organizations out there. It, it is, Rick, and, and I'm desperate for people to wanna to change, and my first question is, I'm the guy to help you transform your business, but how badly do you wanna do it? Like how badly, do you, what decisions are you going to make? What, what things are you going to unlearn? I always insist on speaking to the chief executive because I said, you know, and because, you know, we're talking about big money here. If you want to truly transform the way you deliver projects, what are you going to do? You expect project managers, you expect project teams to all change. But actually, what do you, what do you want to do? You know, and that's the central theme in the book. The project rots from the head because it does. You know, committed executive sponsorship is still the number one uh, factor for success in projects. Uh, so those guys have got to change too, um, rather than just getting rid of project managers or insisting on going agile. Yeah, so the analogy I always use is, is like fad dieting, right? So we, we all don't have Oprah money where, you know, you can pay for somebody to smack the food out of your hand, right? So you've got to make different changes. You, you have, I can't sit around and eat chocolate cake and go, well, the Atkins diet sucks. I'm not going to use that. That's a poor diet. No, I didn't change my behavior. Therefore, I didn't lose weight.
right? And, absolutely, and absolutely. The recipe, right? There, there's a million diet plans out there, right? Just yeah. like there's a million methodologies, but it's eat right, exercise, you'll lose yeah. weight. Yeah. You know, I wrote a blog, my, my blog this week, uh, Rick, was on tribes, squads, neighborhoods, and confusion. That's what I called it. Uh, because, again, as part of the Agile Fad, people just changing the names of teams, co-locating, but doing nothing about the interpersonal behaviors and those individuals who've always been a problem getting in the way of change. And we see this in our projects all the time. And unfortunately, sometimes those people are the project managers. Although some people will tell you it's most times because that's what... <laughs> We've bred this army of people with templates who don't want to let go of their subject matter expertise, which happens to be the technical thing that they were happily doing before they were told they were a program manager. Yeah, it, it, it's like, again, configuring a system for the 2% versus the 98%. So let's think about all the things that could go wrong and let's over configure it. So the 98% takes 12 times as long yeah. just in case that 2% might happen. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's so frustrating. So frustrating. So You've got a, do you have a new book coming out? No, I'm just, I'm just pitching a new one to publishers now, Rick. You know, I wanted the next, you know, I've written two project management books now and I wanted the next one to be more about leadership book, but like not a leadership book because there's so many leadership books out there. God, the last thing the world needs is another leadership book. Um, so no, so I wrote the white paper at the start of the year, which is really my call to action for organizations that want to get better at, at project management. So I published that uh, last week. So that's the thing that I worked on at the start of this year. And that's the Project Delivery What Next, is that correct? That's right, Project Delivery What Next, yeah. And can people find that online? or They can, they can find it on my website, so that's colindellis.com, um, so they can find it on there. There's a little white papers section, um, and if they connect on LinkedIn, it's all over there too. Yep, I've had a chance to read it. I think it's fantastic. So it's, it's a lot of the things that we continue to push for. How long do we think it's going to take for it to really take on, though? Yeah, and, and you know, the, there's just some big institutions holding us back, Rick. I, you know, I find there's lots of commonality in the thinking, you know, so, you know, a lot of people have got in touch all over the world, say it's great, it's really good thinking, but it's not what we're seeing. You know, you and I have the same thoughts. Most, most project management speakers think in the same way. Um, you know, and I, in the paper itself, I said, you know, we've got to stop following old fashioned institutions and people who are holding us back from delivering change in our profession. It really is time for a new movement of people, a new tribe of people to kind of stand up and reclaim this thing called project management before people do away with it forever, you know, in the name of efficiency and effectiveness and then find out that actually it did have a role to play. It was just playing the wrong one. And again, I, I, I feel it starts with us reclaiming the title. And so that's one thing that, that I speak about quite a bit from stage is, you know, you, you don't see a CFO running around at the end of the fourth quarter saying, you know, high school math, come help me close my books. So why do we do that with the project management profession? It's just like, like anybody who's got spare time in a clean desk can be a project manager. I yeah. think first we have to start demanding respect for our title. Yeah, that's right. And and you spoke about that really well when I when I saw you last year. And I think that, you know, project managers have got it. They should be the future of the organization. They should be setting the example. They should be role models for others to follow. And I think once you once we get 60, 70 percent of the people doing that, others will look at project management and, and aspire to it, Rick, and go, God, I want to be like that rather than, you know what, I want to improve my daily rate. I'm just going to put project manager on my resume. Yeah. Go take a test. And yeah, then keep my PDUs up so I don't ever have to take the test again. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. We're going to take our final break here, right, with Colin Ellis, and we'll be right back with the work life balance. In today's hyper fast, super competitive business world, on time is now too late, on budget is now too expensive, and today's innovation is tomorrow's antique which means app releases that used to happen regularly now need to happen continuously, while always delivering experiences that keep your customers coming back for more. In other words, you need to be agile, and there's no better way to get there than with agile management from CA Technologies, a complete set of solutions and services that make agility a reality, so you can anticipate and rapidly respond to change and immediately incorporate customer feedback Build a flexible bridge between ideas and execution 
and transform app delivery from an endpoint into an always-on part of your development lifecycle while ensuring an exceptional service experience. So be the one who wins. App after app, day after day, with Agile Management from CA. Winning in the application economy means executing a business strategy that gets the hottest products and apps out the door and into market faster than ever before. But what happens when hot is suddenly not? Can you instantly pivot and prioritize your plans and investment portfolio to react to the new reality and make sure your strategy is right on target? You will with CA Project and Portfolio Management, the proven solution that enables agile, effective decision-making across your entire investment portfolio. Unlike other tools, CA PPM is designed to work the way you do. Doers are empowered, planners are enabled, helpers are elevated, and customers are engaged. All while you maximize performance and portfolio value. It's little wonder that CA PPM is the industry leader with more than 2 million happy users worldwide, not to mention world-class consulting and implementation partners. So why not give CA Project and Portfolio Management a closer look and make everything you've got put you out in front? When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're on for our final segment of the Work-Life Balance. Do have a couple of quick announcements, though. We did get a few calls about where the Facebook Live is. So you can always go to the R2 Consulting webpage or find me on Facebook, Rick A. Morris. Um, We have changed the format. So not only are we broadcasting live all over the world on the Voice America network, uh, across the Voice America app, but we are on Facebook Live now and via Zoom. So if you go to rickamorris.com slash Voice America, you can always check out our guests live. That's 5 o'clock Eastern, 4 o'clock Eastern four o'clock central. Um, but we will be doing this live uh, via webinar as well. So you can see uh, my guests pretty face. I don't know that you always want to see mine. That's why we were in radio originally. We'll also then edit the video uh, that we've been doing on Facebook live and post that out on YouTube. And then you'll see those, those links and retweets by my guest as well as on our Twitter and Facebook. If you follow us there. So coming back to Colin. Uh, so Colin, we always ask every one of our guests, uh, what's some of the greatest advice you've ever received? Uh, one, of the, one of the greatest pieces of advice I received, Rick, actually was when I didn't believe one of my bosses was acting uh, or behaving in the right way. And I remember he took me into his office and I said, hey, hey, listen, Martin, uh, that's not his real name. His real name's Dave. Um, <laughs> says, hey, Martin. I was like, I really don't think that's the way to talk to someone. And he said to me at the time, he said, Colin, when you're sat in this chair, you can behave exactly as you want. But until, until then, I'm going to do things my way. And it was a real, it was a real um, kind of slap in the face early on in my career. And I thought, well, I want to get to your position so I can demonstrate the right, the right way to do things and the right way to behave. So it was kind of a, you know, kind of a converse or inverse, I guess, uh, piece of advice at that time. And then, you know, when I want, when I wanted to, to start work for myself and I never had the desire to work for myself, Rick, you know, I never had the desire to be a public speaker or any of that stuff. Um, I happened to read tribes by Seth Godin. Now Seth Godin is, is someone that I followed for, for a couple of years now and I love his work. And, and, you know, I, I just thought project management was too big to change. I really did. And, and I read his book and in it, there was a great line in there, and it said, whatever the status quo is, changing it gives you the chance to be remarkable. And it's something that stayed with me, you know, and I've met some fabulous people, and I think collectively, we've started to see a, a change in the way that people view uh, project management, you know, and that continues to inspire the work that I do. And every time I kind of, um, you know, because like everyone, because I'm a human being and, and, you know, I get disheartened from time to time about some of the things that I read and some of the things that I see. 
you know, and those words ring in my ears, you know, the chance to be remarkable. And, and so I look wherever I can and I do this through my blogs and my books and my speeches and my training is, is to give away as much of my IP as I possibly can so that others can learn and do things differently. Totally agree. I got a chance to, to meet and hang out with Seth about a year ago. No way. Um, and he asked me a question uh, about being a freelancer or uh, being an entrepreneur that changed yeah. my entire way I do business. Wow. The, the guy's brilliant. Brilliant. He's, wow. he's incredible. But he does the same. He just freely gives out ideas. And, and in one of his speeches, I mean, you've got to almost record it and play it back because you'll miss 30 of them as he's throwing right. him out. He's amazing live. He's just so amazing. But uh, no, I totally agree. I think that's great advice. Mm -hmm. So listen, man, uh, tell everybody where they can find you, how they can connect with you, all the fun stuff. Where all they the show up for dinner? Self-promotion stuff. I said to someone once, like, I don't do self-promotion well. It's like, dude, you've just done it for 45 minutes. On stage. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, so they can get me at colindellis.com. One of the questions I always get asked is, what does the D stand for? I always say, you know, I'll leave that to your imagination. <laughs> it's David. It's my dad's name. <laughs> the English tradition, colindellis.com. You can get me on LinkedIn at colindellis, and please feel free to connect, you can find me on Facebook, Colin D. Ellis, as well as kind of a theme running through here. Same on Twitter, Colin D. Ellis. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for getting up really, really early because in, in, uh, the, the time zone in Australia is incredible. But uh, we certainly appreciate you hanging out with us. I can't wait for you to be stateside again so you and I can share another drink together, my friend. Ditto, Rick. It's been an absolute pleasure and worth, worth getting up early for. Absolutely, it has. And I can't wait to catch up. Thank you, brother. So next week, we're going to have Mark McAuliffe on the show. Mark is a uh, fellow John Maxwell team member. He does an incredible job really setting you up for, for leadership, for success, um, and understanding what's, what's holding you back. So he's promised three key tips uh, to really help you advance in your learning and two mental tricks that you're going to be able to apply immediately uh, during the show. So we can't wait to have Mark uh, on the show with us. Um, and then it looks like, and you know, I, I almost hate to to promote it because you know we promoted him before but it looks like we're going to be able to make up the show uh with michael obrocta coming up soon as well and we'll also have paul gustafson on the show uh on the 25th so we've got an exciting lineup coming up on the voice america network uh right here on the work-life balance show so we hope that you will continue to join us and continue to support us we we certainly appreciate all of you listening so please stay tuned to the voice america business network for the next show coming up and we will see you guys next friday Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show.